Welcome to GivePause, the podcast of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Our sponsor for Small Business Month is our new pillar partner, RBC. COVID-19 has been incredibly challenging for many businesses, especially small businesses. And while we are nearly two years into the pandemic, many businesses are still struggling trying to get operations back to normal and workers back into the workplace. The latest Edelman Trust Barometer reveals big changes in expectations between the employer and the employee. Our guest today is Rhea Dubois-Phillips, the General Manager of Edelman Vancouver. Welcome, Rhea. Hi, Bridget. So nice to be here. Thank you. So nice to have you. Let's start at the beginning. What exactly is the Trust Barometer? The Trust Barometer is an annual global research study that Edelman has done consecutively for the past 21 years. And when the pandemic hit, Edelman really leaned into the research. And instead of it being just annual, we did several research reports during throughout the year because we felt it was so important to tap into rapidly changing sentiment amongst stakeholder groups. So the research report that we're going to discuss this morning is one that we launched in September. And it surveyed uh, 7,000 employees across seven markets globally. And those were the USA, Brazil, China, India, Japan, and the UK. Not Canada, but we know that uh, our markets are so clearly aligned in terms of employee sentiment and major key issues um, that we sense the results would be very parallel. So that's why we didn't separate Canada out as a a market. And this is particularly around the employee value proposition. So how has this changed? So first of all, I think people ask me often, what is the employee value proposition? A good place to start. (laughs) Um, And I think the clearest way to explain it would be to say that it is what an employee can expect to experience at their place of employment from their job and also what they are expected to give. So in essence, I like to refer to it as the give and the get. And wow, I mean, what a time to be looking at that because everything changed so dramatically in the workplace over the pandemic. Absolutely. And I would say that it is virtually unrecognizable uh, to what it was 20 months ago in terms of what employees are expecting from their employer and in return what the employer is, is expected to do for employees now in this environment. So let's talk about these expectations. What are, let's start with the employers. Many of our listeners are um, business owners and operators. So what's changed for employers? There is so much more expectation that employers will speak out on issues that are important to society. So, for example, in Canada, we're seeing a lot of pressure for CEOs or business leaders to speak out on issues around reconciliation and climate change in particular. Those seem to be two uh, hot topics at the moment in Canada. And employees want to make sure that they are aligned from a value perspective with their employer. And that is extremely important to them. We've been seeing this sort of change in expectations around values from the consumer side of it. You know, consumers making choices to support brands based on what those brands do. But now we're seeing it in the workplace. Is that what you're saying? Where employees are really staying with employers if their values are aligned? A hundred percent. And conversely, they're leaving employers if their values are not aligned. And that's what we're seeing so much so in North America with what is so commonly referred to now as the Great Resignation. 
the turnover in the marketplace is phenomenal. And I think people have spent the last, you know, 20 plus months at home uh, thinking about what is important to them in life, evaluating what they're doing on a daily basis because they have more time and space to be able to do that. And then rethinking the decisions that they've made and where they're professionally going as well. This is a really dramatic change, uh, especially for people maybe of our generation, where there was uh, a real dividing line between work and home. And and maybe because of the pandemic, where so many of us worked from home or we worked in our, our uh, remotely and not in the office, that those lines have blurred. Um, what are employees saying that they want? Like, what are those values that matter to them? I think they want to make sure their employers are taking a leadership role because perception of political leadership has diminished so significantly. Um, and sorry to call out, you know, without any political bias, I think Trudeau's um, actions on the first National Truth and Reconciliation Day was so disappointing for so many communities across the country. And an example of where political leadership may be falling short of expectation in our society. And so employees are actually turning to their employer to for leadership in that area. And they want them to speak out. And there was a lot of pressure for companies to provide training and time and investment around Indigenous issues leading up to and on the day of na- National Truth and Reconciliation as an example. So they are looking to their employer for leadership because I think they feel other aspects of the community are failing in that space. This comes at a really challenging time for many businesses. You mentioned the great resignation, and we are certainly hearing from members that they're seeing turnover in staff. Um, As well, we're seeing a really acute labor shortage across many sectors. So how are employers, um, what should they take away from these survey results uh, in order that they can not only attract new talent, but also retain the talent they have? It's such an important question, Bridget. Uh, And I think what employers need to think of first and foremost is top-down leadership is not the way forward. What do you mean by that? Well, historically, I think values were set by um, the CEO and were just communicated out to employees in a one-way dialogue. And that's a very outdated model. Um, We often refer to employee experience as a very much a bottom-up approach. And so employers really, it's imperative for them to reach out to employees and have a dialogue with them about what's important to them, whether that's through um, surveys or talking through managers or in small groups, whatever the most effective is for your particular organization. But Ensuring that you're in tune with what your employees are thinking and feeling and what is important to them is is the first step. And then also activating your employees to speak on your behalf about shared values that you have. So part of our Edelman Trust Barometer tells us that employees are actually the most trusted spokespeople for an organization. It's not the CEO, it's not the CFO, it's the employees themselves. So having the employees speak about your company is going to help you, first of all, attract talent to your company from people who share those similar type values and also will help retain them because they feel empowered to be part of the organization and they have a say and they have a voice. 
how are leaders taking that uh, survey result? I can imagine that in some organizations, there would be some fear about a loss of control of the message or the narrative or the brand. I think they quickly get over that when they understand the return on that sort of investment, so to speak. Engaging your employees means that they are more likely to stay with your company for a longer period of time. They are more likely to attract top talent to your company than if you didn't have engaged workforces. And that kind of loyalty, commitment, and motivation is something you just can't put a price tag on. And so I think they're they're more willing to um, relinquish some control if they if, if the payoff is so great. How does this engagement and consultation impact decision making at the top? Because CEOs and COOs and CFOs, uh, those in the uh, leadership role, still have to make decisions. They do have to make decisions, but I don't think they can be made in isolation anymore. So it can't just be one or two people in a boardroom uh, making decisions without any engagement across several layers within the organization making those decisions in isolation just doesn't work anymore and people are not interested in that one-way dialogue so how do you engage your employees uh, at a time where we're really in in flux i would say there are some organizations that are fully back at the office few Uh, many others are in sort of a hybrid mode where some are remote working and some are back in the office. So how do you engage given those complex dynamics? There's two different aspects of engagement that have come out of our trust research as being equally important. Um, The first is professional development. So 81% of the employees that we surveyed say it is very important for them to have to be offered training programs by their company. They want to know that their company is investing in them as as professionals and is investing in their professional development. So that's an important aspect of it and making sure that you're helping people develop their skills. And then secondly, what I love to work on are what we call champion programs. There's always natural leaders within any organization and engaging with those employees and having them advocate for you. So we we create championship programs for companies where we take those natural leaders and we bring them together and we provide them with some tools or training or materials and then have them talk about it internally to the other employees as well as be spokesperson for the company is an incredibly effective way of empowering your employees. And they feel a sense of pride to be able to speak about the shared values that they have or the work that the company is doing in the community or how their services may benefit certain aspects of society. You mentioned that doing these kinds of um, things with your employees really builds uh, trust and loyalty um, among your employee base. Uh, What are the other benefits of having an engaged workforce that employers could really take away from? I think that notion of stability is what everybody is striving for at this point in the pandemic cycle of disruption. And the the idea that having an engaged workforce will help promote stability and ultimately more profitability in your organization is very appealing and and should be a major takeaway for this. We want to have... um, employees who are happy and engaged and inspired to be at work and know that their companies are listening to them and taking their opinions into account. 
And I think that could go also as far as to say that having a flexible work arrangement is going to be a deciding factor for a lot of employees, whether they stay at a company or change to a different one based on the willingness and the flexibility a company will demonstrate when it comes to return to workspace. You lead the employee experience practice uh, across Canada. Are you seeing um, that these results are applicable to both uh, smaller and larger businesses? I mean, this is across the board. Absolutely. It, it, it won't. The principles of engaging your employees would be the same for a 10-person company as it would be for a 1,000-person company. One of the results that uh, I was looking at on the report shows the number one trust driver for employees is seeing the CEO manifesting the company values. So why does that outweigh everything else? I think they want to see that the CEO embodies the values that they also subscribe to. They want to hear the CEO articulate that he or she believes in the in the social issues that are important to them as employees. So once once those values are articulated at the top level, then it's it's about engaging lower levels within the organization to be part of that journey towards the realization of those values and goals. Recognizing that the survey was international in scope, are there some societal issues that are cropping up to be more of a priority right now than others? I think the the desire for employees to be empowered. So I think a trend that I find surprising in the results is the level of discontent. So we had over 60% of the employees surveyed say that they felt they contributed over and above what they had done previously to the company's bottom line to ensure profitability in a time of crisis. However, only 20% feel that the employers are taking care of their personal needs at this point in the pandemic. So there's a disconnect. And I feel that that disconnect is going to lead to strife in the in in the employee um, realm. You're seeing that already in the US with union activations and employee activism on the rise. Uh, I think that we will see that coming to Canada as well. And it's something that companies really need to be conscious of going forward. Well, we're seeing some of this crop up in British Columbia with the the discussion right now and consultation by the government around sick pay, but also um, the move by the Ontario government recently to take a look at having boundaries around times to communicate with employees. I mean, these are wholesale changes. Absolutely. And people are not... Uh, scared to speak up about the issues that are important to them now. They are emboldened by the time and space that they've had to think about what's important to them, and they feel very strongly about it, and we're seeing them speaking up in ways they have historically never done so before. And you think this is directly related to the pandemic and the change in the way that we worked? Absolutely, yes. Are you seeing the results of the survey translate to what is going on in real time right now? Absolutely, Bridget. This is the first time I have seen the news headlines directly parallel the research results that we're finding with trust. So, for example, last weekend when I was looking at CNN headlines, they were talking a lot about labor strikes in the U.S. and employee activism. And this is exactly what we are talking about with our trust research findings. If companies are not willing to engage with employees and give them a voice, employees will react against that. And employers also really need to understand the power that employees have at this time. There has really been a power shift towards the employee. 
the consumer power that employees now hold is immense, not only for the stability within an organization, but how they can attract consumers in the marketplace based on what their opinions are of a company. This sounds like this has moved out of the realm of traditional HR matters into real financial considerations for companies. That's exactly right. It really does affect the bottom line of companies and companies need to be thinking of their employees, engage with them and empower them in order to achieve really financial stability, success and growth going forward. Big lessons. Yes. Do you think that employers are ready to accelerate change in the way that they need to? Unfortunately, I don't think everybody is, which is why I think we'll see some companies undergoing more change than others. If they're not willing to listen to their employees and keep up with sort of society's demands and, you know, I think they just have to modernize. And those who are not willing to do so and not willing to change with the times are going to be left behind. Those that are more open and receptive and flexible and aware of what people are feeling at this point in the pandemic, I think those companies will be rewarded with loyalty and some more stability. For some time, probably at least about a decade, the Edelman Trust Barometer has tracked a decline in trust across the institutions such as government and media. Uh, How does rebuilding trust in the workplace impact those other institutions? It actually impacts in a very positive way because there is a spill-on effect. So once the trust within organizations and companies begins to rebuild, we have historically tracked a spill-on effect to other institutions like government and media that it increases over time as well. So it's really important. It's a lot of pressure for CEOs and for and for companies, but uh, the effects on the greater society are, are really strong and powerful. Well, and the trust barometer has said for some time that business needs to take the lead. Yes, absolutely. And now more than ever, because we're a lot of people feel that government is just falling down in certain areas when it comes to issues that are important to society. And now you're saying that this is coming also from the bottom up from employees and, and giving the, the social contract, the social permission yes, for yeah. CEOs to take the lead. That's it, Bridget. You're right. What of these results surprised you the most? I think the level of discontent with other stakeholder groups like government. And I think they are really putting so much pressure on companies to step up and take the lead on these social issues. And then what did surprise me, I think, is the level of activism that employees are willing to embark upon to affect those changes. And that will certainly be another change for the business community as we are coming back to the office. That's right. It's not necessarily going to be smooth sailing for a lot of companies and a lot of sectors. And people will really push for what they believe is right and what they think they are, uh, that they deserve at this point as well. Rhea, fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for for joining us. That's all the time we have for today. And once again, our sponsor for Small Business Month is our new pillar partner, RBC. Rhea, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Bridget. I loved it.